0: Hey, glad you could make the dress rehearsal. Well, it better be good. Another debacle like Spider-Man, turn off the dark, and we're ruined. Well, I know you're going to love Avengers, music-tacular tap extravaganza. Wait, it's called what? <laughs>
1: Welcome, everybody, to a brand new episode of the Heck Comics Podcast. I'm your host, David Luzader, and with me
0: is... Nick Shermooksness.
1: Wonderful. We're we're so happy to be here after so many trials and tribulations and Facebook notifications going off on my end.
0: (laughs) How you doing, David?
1: Oh, you know, I'm not doing great right now. Do you want to talk
0: about it therapy style? Well down on the couch.
1: It all started when I was a little girl in East Germany. Yeah. Uh what? I've, <laughs> I've I've said too much. Okay. No. Comic books. The issue that I'm having here today is that I usually record this program with something called Wiretap Studio Pro, which has worked wonderful for us so far. Uh and then I upgraded to Uh, the the new OS uh, for the Mac you know Yosemite as I've heard it's called and apparently wiretap studio Pro and Yosemite are not compatible
0: you you mean Yosemite
1: yes but it's fun to say it this way yep
0: Yosemite (laughs) Yosemite
1: Uh, so yeah the two are not compatible in the slightest uh, at the moment, so after much Googling and banging my head against the wall and yelling out to Facebook for help, we uh, have this temporary solution. So if the quality of this recording is not great, then I apologize. We hope to have a better solution next week. And uh, I just got a really funny text from my wife, who is just, she's she's leaving the house to go hang out with someone, but it's phrased as, I'm leaving uh, So apparently on top of Wiretap Studio Pro not working for me, I am also uh, now without a wife.
0: Well, forever. then I think it's good that we're going to try and get your mind off of things by talking about comic books.
1: Nobody knows the troubles I've seen.
0: And to make matters worse for you, I just read something that said that Wiretap Studio was not going to be updated. What? Okay. Yep. Pause. uh.
1: <laughs> no, send that to me I'll read it after And uh, Probably chuck something Out this window that's just behind me But we'll handle that later Let's get on The
0: comics The comic books Yes, yes These yes, things that we read
1: This was a, This is a big week for comics
0: It's a, It was a small week But a big week
1: That's true well, and I think there was a reason that it was a small week and a big week.
0: Because no one wanted to compete with Star Wars number one.
1: That is correct. Because this week marks the release of the first brand new Marvel printed Star Wars comic.
0: Taking. Now, well, go for, ahead. For those that don't know, Marvel was actually the original publisher of Star Wars comics during, fact. The, during the original trilogy. Um, so, in a lot of ways, it's like it's coming home. And I don't mean any disrespect to the I'm assuming stellar uh, Star Wars comics that Dark Horse put out for like 20 plus years, I think.
1: Yeah. Now we should uh, we should clarify here that though you and I both have a love for Star Wars, we don't really read the comics. Yeah. And
0: and I should also mention that I don't necessarily have a huge love for Star Wars.
1: Okay. you know, lie to the people. (laughs) Sorry, sorry, sorry.
0: I have a great affection for Star Wars. There we go. I told them what they wanted to hear.
1: Yes, lie to the masses, so do we wanna do we wanna start with that or yeah we might right. as well, we might as well
0: head off with the biggest news, and then you know people can then <laughs> tune out and not listen to the rest of the show as we get more and more boring
1: right, just give up on us early,
0: which is yeah. So people, yeah. for like the next 10 minutes, you're going to hear nothing but Star Wars talk. It's probably going to be that, longer
1: than 10 minutes, I would 15 imagine.
0: 15 minutes, you're going to hear nothing but Star Wars talk. After that, it's, it's not even going to be worth listening to.
1: Okay, wow. Thanks for the confidence booster.
0: Hey, I'm just writing a review for our show.
1: So anyway, <laughs> Star Wars issue one, taking place in between episodes four and five. Yep. Uh, we're following Han, Luke, and Leia on their adventures written by Jason Aaron, artist is John Cassidy. What did you think?
0: I liked it. Now let me let me elaborate on my whole not a lot of love for Star Wars thing. I just I I like a lot of the concepts. Um I like a lot of the characters. Um but I I I didn't I never became the Star Wars guy. Like I never you know, I never lived and breathed it. Like I saw the movies, I enjoyed them. Uh, I watched the original trilogy, uh, recently, uh, again, not that long ago after having not seen it for years. And I don't think I've seen the episodes one through three since they came out on, uh, in theater. So like I said, you know, I've always kept star Wars in my peripherals, but I, have never embraced it wholeheartedly. And I don't know if I necessarily ever necessarily ever will, but, um as far as first issues go this was an entertaining and compelling read mm-hmm. um uh the writing was on point the art you know this was this is the, the john cassidy that i enjoy
1: okay so here's here's the thing real quick about about john cassidy cassidy whatever whatever it is i think 99 percent of it is really great but for some reason, and I have this issue with uh, Thor also. Just every like once in a while, there's a panel, which just really, what are you doing over there? There's a lot of noise
0: coming from your end. Uh, I don't know. I'm not moving. I was just flipping a comic book page.
1: Yeah, it might be a little too close to the mic there.
0: Oh, Anna just got home, but I can't hear.
1: Uh, well, anyway, there's like, like every once in a while, there's just something about the way that it's drawn that it just suddenly, it doesn't look great. And it's usually in the facial expressions and for
0: his style. Yes. Okay. Um,
1: and, and I don't want to say that the rest of like most of this book looks great. It's got it's got some great photorealism to the actors as they looked in that time. You know how the characters looked in the movies. Like there's one point where Luke's walking around with his eyes closed using the Force, and I don't know. There's just something about it that is just not as good as everything else that i've been seeing on these pages
0: i think you're right and i think this is it's something that happens a lot when artists are depicting real people Mm -hmm. you know from from live action properties and that they they need to stay when they need to to look you know they need to look like the the people playing the characters Mm -hmm. but you can't necessarily, as far as like your style goes, there's limitations as far as in every, you know, when you're trying to draw them in different, from different directions, with different expressions, you know, there's, there's like one page, one panel with, um, um, Han Solo, where it looks like, you know, just a splitting image of Harrison Ford. And there's other panels, like when he's like elbowing someone or when they're looking around a doorway where, you know, you can't, you might not necessarily get that from looking at a screen grab from a Star Wars film with Han Solo in it. So mm-hmm. they kind of have to take more liberties with it. And that's where the art feels more fluid. Okay. Um, right. But then you have like the, I know it's like the image you're talking about with Luke with his eyes closed. I'm like, what's going on there?
1: Yeah. His face looks a little off, right? right.
0: Luke looks almost kind of drugged in some of his scenes. Yeah. It's uh, weird. It's not, he, he's, he, he, it, it doesn't. He doesn't give me the same vibe. There's like oh, there's one I think on the following page where he says I won't reach for my blaster, and that's a really nice depiction of Luke, where he's a mm-hmm. bit more battle weary, um, you know, as of the as of the the chronology of the story. Um, I like that, but a lot of his facial expressions throughout the 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 book, you know, I thought he was one of the more off-drawn characters.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I'd have to agree. I definitely thought Princess Leia and Han Solo looked. Uh, looked good most of the time and you know of course his his work with like the droids and with darth vader everything was very on point
0: but the darth vader when darth vader came onto the scene i was like that was cool like darth is one again one of those characters that you know i respect his place in pop culture and all of that you know and, and i think he like there's a reason he's a great villain mm-hmm. um and it was definitely in this in this issue there was you know Something about like that standoff. I was like, "This is cool. Like, I'm I'm digging this." And the whole like Chewie about the like snipe Darth Vader. Like, what if Chewie had been successful? You know, mm-hmm. totally well, different story there. But the, I just thought it was like all oh, the negotiators here, and it starts Vader, and you're just like, "Oh my god, he's like taking stormtroopers and using them as."
1: Well, you know? okay, so that brings up two points. Uh, one point that is really great is i loved that this issue they showed the side of darth vader that was very ruthless um like when he's using you know his soldiers as human shields to avoid these blaster shots like it really cemented you know we've all known he's a great villain but this just they kept in line with that really well and be like look at just how ruthless he really is yeah uh and also The thing you said, like, what if Chewie had made the shot? Well, we know he's not going to. We know he's not going to take out Darth Vader because we know Darth Vader is in more of these stories. And that there's this kind of this issue where some of the dramatic tension is already taken out of this book because nothing really bad can happen to these characters. Like, you know, nobody can die. Nobody can lose a limb. Like, they, they are static because we know like not to say that you can't tell a really great story but you know when they're like oh man there's trouble it's like i i'm worried but i'm not like oh what you know this they're gonna escape by the skin of their teeth and one of them might be left behind
0: Uh, yeah no, and i i you're 100 percent on point um but i think with a property that's several decades old you know same thing with you know, I, I don't think it's any different from picking up a Batman or a Spider-Man comic. You're more or less going to get the same thing every mm-hmm. time and it becomes more about how are they gonna get out of situation like, okay, I know that Princess Leia, you know, makes it throughout the whole makes it through the whole series, you know, but here's information that we don't see in episodes four, five, and six. You know, what does she get up to in that time? And then it's like, oh, how did, how do we, how does she get from episode four to five? So there's, if anything, and I think what this issue does that you get a glimpse of is, is it's, it's really building on what we saw in episode four. Like, you don't have to, you can just pretend that episodes five, five and six don't exist yet, you know? Mm -hmm. And it, and I thought it did a really good job of being like, man, I just watched episode four. You know, I, I'm i really excited to see what happens next with these characters. Oh, Star Wars number one, a comic that follows up on it. You know, oh, wow. Like that, I didn't, you know, that's that's really cool about so-and-so, like Luke practicing the Force in a way that you don't necessarily see in the films. Mm-hmm. Or or Princess Leia taking on a more active, you know, role. You know, um, actually being on the front lines and just sort of being a bystander and calling the shots. You know, it, stuff like that is really cool to see.
1: Now, uh, what did you think about, and this is going back to the art briefly. I don't mean to be jumping around, but uh, whenever they showed the um, the lightsaber, it had that uh, I don't really know how to word it that like follow effect, where you know they're swinging it across the panel, but you're not just seeing one; you're seeing like four or five lightsabers, like to depict the the motion, instead of just doing like a blur.
0: Um. I think you only really see that in the. It's every time a lightsaber is used. Oh, I thought it was just that one panel with Darth Vader.
1: No, it's used when Luke uses it too.
0: Uh oh, I mean, I'm okay with it. I would say like I'm looking at the Darth Vader uh, panel, and it seems too slow. Like I get what they're trying to do, but if there'd been more of a blur effect with it yeah like, no maybe, too slow like, that's blur, a good that's a good like, way of blur, putting it blur, blur, blurring blurring the, the the individual lightsaber beams together would have made it seem like a quicker motion mm-hmm. whereas it's like I, I, I honestly i didn't even consider that and i think when i when i raced past that panel the first time i just thought there was like five different shots going at darth vader no. and now like now i'm like all right well that didn't make any sense
1: yeah he's just blocking one
0: um but but yeah i mean it. John Cassidy is one of those artists where uh I remember you know experiencing him for the first time that came out weird um on <laughs> when we first met and <laughs> we, he was he that, was you that, know that summer in the Catskills. he he
1: gave me a rose <laughs> wait, were you just making a
0: uh no I don't know what you're talking about uh um... <laughs> wait, what's it
1: called no this is important
0: dirty, dirty, dirty dancing.
1: dancing you were making a dirty dancing reference oh I was. and Anna,
0: and Anna would beat me up because I've never actually seen the movie so
1: i'm gonna text her about that later (laughs)
0: uh anyway um it's something where like i remember like when i when uh when i first saw him on i mean i think astonishing x-men was like the first book no 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 sorry it's when he did captain america like just after 9 11 like that book was kind of a big deal for me for whatever reason my adolescent brain design decided it would be um and then he did A X-Men, and then sort of in between all of that, he was, work, he was doing Planetary with Warren Ellis. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was definitely one of my, like, it artists when I first discovered him. Um, he hasn't done a lot since then. Um, he did the first few issues of Uncanny Avengers, and I'll, I'll admit, I don't know if it was just his, his collaboration with Rick Remender. It just felt very stilted, forced um this seems a bit more of a return to form and i really might have to go back and like read those like the the planetary and the astonishing x-men at least to see i feel like that there's i still feel like there's something missing about his current output that that was there in his earlier work in the, the 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 2000s um but this is this is getting closer this is getting closer um, I, I'm talking very subjective here. You know, if you're a fan of the artwork, then, you know, all the power to you. But I, as far as my, my initial love for John Cassidy, I still feel like there's there's something missing from his artwork that I haven't quite found again. Interesting. I just, I just went on a okay. no, 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 and, no. I, and part of it, and part of it, I think, in this book, too, is because you're dealing with characters that are based off of <laughs> real people. Like, like real people portray the characters. Mm-hmm. There is sort of, and I think it's almost been the case in like every book I've, I've read that has sort of been based off of a live action property, that because that, that, that's sort of like you, that you have to be faithful to their actual looks, and sometimes you're almost lifting from actual their actual faces, it can seem very static. And comic book is one of those, the, that, that medium where yes, it's all static imagery, but a powerful comic is one where you almost don't realize that nothing's moving. Yeah that, yeah, that can be as, as simple as the expressions as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I'm looking at the uh, the Princess Leia little preview that they have in the back. And I think that art style works more for what you're saying. Like they, you know, they might not look exactly like Han and Luke.
0: But you could pick them but, out of a crowd and be like, that's Luke and Han.
1: Yeah. So yeah, they don't have that photorealism to it, but that art style is going to lend itself more to that fluid motion in a static image, like what you're saying.
0: Mm-hmm. But but you know I I'm I am i am not saying like I'm jumping out of my seat like I'm like am a convert of oh. Star Wars oh, now. Okay. But there but there is something cool about you know being able to come to this and be like I don't need to read the expanded universe stuff. You know, well, this is
1: the expanded universe. This though, is no. this is the new
0: expanded universe. But yep. this, you know, I mean, literally, as of literally like two months ago, they were they were they like Dark Horse had a series that was taking place in this exact time frame. You know. Yeah. So so so, so but now you know with you know Disney owning Star Wars, owning Marvel, and this you know sort of new arrangement, you know, I can I feel as a sort of, you know I'm going to treat myself as a new reader of Star of greater Star Wars mythology and that this is very accessible to me i can be like oh i've seen a new hope so i get this i don't feel i don't feel bogged down or overburdened because it's just it's it's the same kind of issues that people that are trying to get into marvel and even dc um have where there's just like there's decades and decades and decades of stories that i feel like i need to wrap my head around to have this make sense Mm -hmm. and that's and that was just as true with the expanded universe stuff um but i feel like you know, this is kind of, this is the, like the ultimate star Wars, like ultimate Marvel. This is ultimate star Wars hmm. to a, a less, you know, to a lesser degree. Anyone can get on the ground floor. of This is as they've seen one film. And I think, and, and for me, that's exciting. And I, I might at least pick up the first arc of all the books.
1: Yeah. I, I'm tempted. Cause I'm, I'm a really big fan of star Wars. At least movie wise, that the movie coming out this year is definitely my most anticipated film of the year. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm kind of excited that I now have a jumping on point, and I know for the older folks who, you know, who read it for years and who are really invested, know in all this stuff. Like they're really upset that all that expanded universe stuff is gone. But for me, it was so daunting. It mm-hmm. was so like, like you know, they're they're all they're all talking about Luke's wife and all these different Sith lords, and all these characters, and I'm like, I, you know, where do I even start? Yeah. To be able to understand, to understand any of it, because there's some books that I feel like if I pick it up, they're gonna talk about a character that everyone else is gonna be like, oh yeah, I know who that is. I'm gonna be like, wait, wait, what? What's going on here? So for me now to have a point where I can I can get on with everyone else, and you know if they when they start releasing like actual novels and stuff again. Then I'll probably get lost in that. But it's they've far... already released
0: a couple novels.
1: Are the novels like fully within the, yeah. expanded universe? Okay, there's I wasn't like, sure.
0: There's, there's like two out. One that deals with an imperial uh commander guy, and then another one that deals with I think one of the new characters from Rebels. Okay, I yeah, think. Rebels
1: is within continuity.
0: Yeah, I yeah. don't know if the the previous Clone Wars cartoon is still in continuity. That's
1: that's one I've been I am not a hundred percent sure on either.
0: I, I'd be curious to know if any of our listeners out there know the status of the Clone Wars cartoon, uh what you know, where it stands, um, please let us know.
1: Yes, we will reward you with
0: um Falcon shaped muffins.
1: Yeah, we'll find a way to do that, sure. Well, we I mean Nick will find a way to do that, sure.
0: It was my idea, I take full responsibility.
1: Yeah, you make these promises. <laughs> it's it's your problem when someone claims it
0: i get off on promises i can't keep oh eh,
1: okay. So <laughs> okay that thing's got a little odd so yeah anyway star wars one already the probably most purchased comic of
0: 2015 as, as uh, that re- retailers have purchased we don't know yet as far as individual consumers
1: yes though i imagine it'll still be up there it'll still be line. a hot
0: ticket it will it'll be, a hot, be a hot ticket and i
1: think you know it, it's good to see that they are putting love into it of course disney slapped their name onto it uh which i thought was interesting because i don't think they've done that with any other marvel book have they
0: uh well technically it's a disney property not a marvel property so if they do well it makes,
1: but you but know. you know what i mean
0: where do they stick their name on?
1: At the very end, when they have the c- little credits page, there is a uh, Lucas Films logo oh, and Disney logo.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's you know, this is even though like these are all owned and operated by Disney, you know, technically Marvel, it's not a Marvel property; it's a, it's a Disney property. Yeah, by extension.
1: Uh, well, I, I guess Avengers was the first movie that Disney has officially slapped the castle onto yes that too um so anyway what i was was saying is it's it's nice that they they put love and care into this that it's good and it's not and i think people expected it to be good with, with the creative team that was behind it uh it just it wasn't just oh yeah here's star wars crap you people will buy that right
0: Exactly. They, they came at it from a, a point of love and appreciation, not from just, you know, there might be a little wanton consumerism in there, mm-hmm. you know, or, or to capitalism, or whatever. But in this case, you know, they, and I think Marvel, you know, for, for any warts that they may have, you know, respects a good book when they see one. That's and, true. you know, it's, it's interesting because, like, Jason Aaron, you know, has has done most of his work for Marvel. John Cassidy has done a lot, of, a lot of work for Marvel, and, and it's just funny that, like, even at Dark Horse, like, you know, Brian Wood, who did the previous series with, that was set in the exact same time frame as this book, you know, he's done work for Marvel. So it's, it's. I feel like anyone that did work for Dark Horse, you know you're not necessarily looking at them and being like, that's a dark horse writer. You know, yeah. it's there's no reason why like, like dark horse couldn't have tapped Jason Aaron and John Cassidy to do this book for them and got on the same results. So it's really just that, uh, Marvel might, you know, bill it as like Marvel's top creators doing, you know, star Wars.
1: They are might... like their hot team right now.
0: Jason Aaron's a hot writer. John Cassidy will probably always be a heart, hot art artist. Well, yes, we art, know. Art is, what's with ours?
1: We know, um, we know how you feel about uh, John Cassidy and the weird uh, feelings he gives you in your shorts. Yeah. but that's not what we're here to talk about.
0: We're not. No, man, I'm on the wrong podcast.
1: Yeah, but yeah, Heck yeah. John Cassidy podcast.
0: Cassidy podcast. You know, it, this is this is this is get them getting back to Star Wars cinematic roots. It's it's shuffling off all of the excess baggage, good or bad. And it's just saying, come on in. You know, here's a simple story of, of espionage and subterfuge involved with your favorite characters. Have at it. Star Wars number one. It's on the shelves. I'm sure you can definitely find a copy.
1: Oh, no, for sure. And there's so many variants that it's absolutely... There's like 100, I think. 30 is what I heard. <laughs> I didn't hear 100. I think there's a lot. There's
0: I think there's, there's more than 30.
1: Uh so anyway i really liked a lot yeah i really liked the alex ross cover uh and i feel like scotty young is just doing that's everything he's got a spawn variant that he did
0: i saw that there are 68 star wars variants
1: 68
0: 68
1: wow hank you're full of crap i'm saying that because i know you can hear this (laughs) um anyway Let's move on to another book, a book that actually came out less than Sandman Overture last year. And...
0: Man, that's true, yeah,
1: and that is Jupiter's Legacy, which had one issue last year. Uh, we are now bringing our total with this most current issue to number five uh, i don't think I don't think we've even talked about it on this show. We may have.
0: <laughs> And like, they've come up in passing,
1: like in the first episode or something. Uh, anyway, this is a book that Nick and I both really like. Um, it's it is a Mark Millar joint, so take that for what you will.
0: Mark Millar, like, what is he? The new Spike Jones? Kind of. And, well,
1: right. and I'm, I'm going to have some thoughts to say about Mark Millar as we're digging into this, but let's let's Do, dig who, into you, this book a bit.
0: You lead off okay um,
1: yeah you beat off so this was a really solid issue i do want to say that i really enjoy frank quietly's art i thought you know his his art in this was kind of top of his game uh as much as this book has been uh writing i, I really enjoy, There, there really is some creative stuff in this book that i really like um I do have to you know I have to give it to malar for any of his other crap. some of his concepts are really, really good, and he does a good job with with a lot of them uh you know in this issue you have the little family team decide they're gonna come out of hiding and now they need to be you know save the world from the superheroes and that's such a cool idea. I really like that it sucks it took us like two three years to get here but i really liked how we got to that conclusion and uh one thing is at the end you know the the mom i forget the mom's name chloe i think is her name yeah because seriously it's been forever uh where chloe's talking and she's like you know secretly i've been wanting to do this forever you know come out of hiding and become a superhero again but i didn't get that and i think we only had really one issue where they were in hiding and then we have this issue where they're out of it, but nowhere in that previous issue did I get the feeling that Chloe was like looking to do anything. Like it was all about how they're trying to protect their kid and how their kid is out there, like trying to save the world, which is totally cool. I really actually like the character of their son. Um, I, I, you know, it's such a little kid thing, hearing these stories about superheroes and idolizing them, and then wanting to step up. And and you know, because he can be a hero, he has those powers, he can do those things, and but but he doesn't really consider the risks and and the worries, and that all come comes eventually crashing down on him in a very real way. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. also uh, no, go keep, ahead. Well, keep going. You're well, on your I was just gonna hop back real quick to I actually really liked the opening sequence of this book as well, where you have the guy who goes into that office building. And, uh, you know, is talking to that one woman and it's, you know, has all these questions like, oh, you have all these inconsistencies, uh, that make it look like you might be a superhero in hiding and, you know, asking, asking her these questions and she seems like this totally normal person. And then he's like, oh, with my crazy powers where I can affect inorganic, inorganic matter, I've been changing the air in this room to knockout gas and you're the only one still conscious and then they have that scene where they take her down. Like I really, really liked that. I thought that was that's probably been one of the best scenes in the book so far. Uh, anyway, g- give, me, give us your thoughts.
0: It, well, it feels like it's been two years since the last issue. It might actually have been two years since the last issue. We No one really knows. I think we we had one in 2014. I really want to go through my... Oh my God, where would they all be? I really want to go and find all the, the individual issues and then read it from the beginning it's it's a book that I think you know when it's all said and done in 30 years time and, <laughs> and, we're, and, we're, and we're an additional 30 years removed from it and we're not thinking about you know the delays how long it took all of that
1: alright the first then, one was April 24th 2013 uh, okay issue four was ge- issue Issue four was twenty January first, twenty
0: fourteen. So it, it is, took a year.
1: It has been over a year.
0: Holy moly! <laughs> um, okay. Anyway, continue. So, I, and I think that it's, it, and I and I and I know, and, and this is absolutely nothing against Mark Millar or Frank Quitely, and you know, and maybe maybe I'm biased because I. I love frank quietly's artwork so i'll give him a pass even though i wish i could get new artwork from him every single hour um but it's the same thing with any of like the major marvel and dc events it's like you're told you know i you know this is what you're promised and it's coming out during the time and then it doesn't Mm -hmm. and it's like there's been enough instances where i feel like you where we you know not that you know things don't come up and and mistakes are, are made but like more or less I don't think it should have taken a year for this issue to come out no regardless of one's artistic abilities and the time it takes or anything i i I don't know why and there's plenty of stuff going on behind the scenes that i'll never be privy to but it's stuff like that does weigh on me because you know you know as you know I, i i i there's something about the story that i'm both drawn to but also now removed from because of that delay yes i could you know, go back and read the other four issues, and then read this one, and feel like I'm getting it all at once. But, you know, that's not necessarily my responsibility as the reader. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, all the bitching aside, it it was definitely a cool book. And it's like I read the opening scene, and I'm like, this is this is a really you know clever conversation that they're having, and you know that's some great artwork with her like tripping, and the effect of like her landing, and the people kind of jumping up because of the impact, and mm-hmm. you know it, it's just hard to complain about Frank arc. like you can't, um, you know. But at the same time, it's like I waited a year for this, and I've already had like four or five pages wasted on another character we might never see again, and another guy, the villain. Um, the detective villain, whatever, you know, who, you know, spoilers gets taken out like 12 to 10 pages later.
1: No, he, no, he's in most of the book.
0: He is, no, he is, but he gets taken out like right before the last scene. Yeah. You know, so it's like, it's like if this was originally billed as like, like the Lord of the Rings for superheroes, you know? Is that what it really was billed as? Mark Millar says a lot of things. He does. necessarily take it at face value.
1: Okay. And that, yeah mark mark millar is so much about branding his stuff it's just it's just ridiculous
0: yeah let the work speak for itself and you might say constantly that you come up with these things as comic books first but they always seem to come with movie attachments
1: oh absolutely
0: so you're not fooling anyone
1: no i i mean kick-ass i don't know if kick-ass had uh sorry that the the page turning there is i don't know why it's so loud is it oh, Yeah. I'm done. <laughs> Sorry. Um, like, I don't know if Kick-Ass like, came originally with a movie attachment, but you could definitely feel reading through the next two that there definitely was a movie attachment. Now, the sad thing is we're not going to get a Jupiter's Legacy movie until 2052
0: when <laughs> the book itself is complete. We will not live to see. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think Mark Balar. Yeah. Mark, Mark see this <laughs> completed. It'll be like their great unfinished work.
1: Yeah. And we'll speak of like all the things that could have been because you know. it, it's with how long it's taking. It's like no ending can be good enough. Right.
0: Yeah. And that's one of those things where it's like, if now this is a great issue. Number five, mm-hmm. had it come right on the heels of issue number four. As a book that, like, you're you're eagerly anticipating for a year, it's like, okay, that was an issue number five. That wasn't the end of book one. This is only the end of book one because you realize that it's taken you a year to put out one issue. I know. It's... It... You really need to get a head start on the on, on the next issue, so you're billing it as book one. I'm pretty sure it was supposed to be, like, a 12-issue series, and then there would be, like, like a two or three 12-issue series, like, mm-hmm. you know, three main books. This is... After five issues, they're like, uh, "Let's take a breather." And I don't know if you knew this, but they are doing a prequel to Jupiter. Yes, Jupiter's
1: no, I think we've, I think we've, I don't know if we talked about it on here, but you and I have talked about it off air, which is with,
0: with a different artist, presumably who's much faster than Frank quietly Yeah, um,
1: but it's just funny. Yeah, you get to end of book one. I'm like, really? Two years later, we're at the end of book one.
0: Yeah, end of book one, and, and it, I guess it's it, right now. It's hard for me to separate the the delays from my 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 pleasure from reading the book you know there was a lot of cool stuff that happened you know it's fantastic artwork you know but given with with frank quiley it's not always about the the tiny details because there are some tiny details but like a lot of his buildings are very plain you know the, the office scene in the beginning you know just despite like really nice like you know it's very a 3d perspective like the interior of the office is like, my God, that like, there's no character to that place. Have you ever
1: worked? You, you've never worked in a cubicle farm before.
0: I haven't, so so it's dead so on. I, but I I, <laughs> I realize that some of those places can be kind of bland. They are. But I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of context. Like he just walks in, and I mean, I don't like. What's the context of like why that desk is there? And like she's conveniently like right it's there. a I,
1: meeting I, desk.
0: Okay, to... I guess I, I've never worked in a cubicle farm. Yeah, we farm. used to
1: have stuff like that before.
0: It just – it. I don't know. Um, okay, fine. I guess I have to take that back because I really don't have any experience with cubicle farms, as yeah, you like geez. to lovingly call them. <laughs> <You> know,
1: <laughs> well, just being honest here.
0: You know, um, like I said, he doesn't necessarily get hung up on like the the, the little, little indiscriminate details you know, every, you know, you honestly see every little stone work in, in the cobblestone in the street or the sidewalk or whatever.
1: No, but there is a lot going on in his pages. And that's, I used to actually really dislike, uh, really dislike Frank Quitely until someone kind of like, was like, no, like let's, it, it was, it was the all-star Superman with my first exposure to him. And they opened the, the two-page spread on like the Bizarro planet just after Superman leaves. And there's all the Bizarro superheroes running around. Mm-hmm. And just, like, everything going on in that panel is just so cool. And there's just, like, there's just so much little stuff going on.
0: Oh, yeah. There's – there's he definitely thinks through a lot of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Wait a second. Is he Jewish? Frank quietly No, the bad guy. I think he's wearing a yarmulke. No, he's not. He is wearing a yarmulke.
1: Where? Where do you see this?
0: Dude, he's wearing a yarmulke. Where – I was looking at one panel, but it's on like in the first three panels, you three pages, you can see it. Oh, he the very the in this panel. very first panel. He's wearing a hat and it's totally a yarmulke. Oh,
1: he might actually be wearing a yarmulke.
0: He's is wearing a yarmulke.
1: Let's see what's I mean, hmm, okay.
0: I just ended just one again, one of those little de I guess there are little details that you don't quite notice. Barnabas might- Wolf, that's an
1: awesome name.
0: It is an awesome name. Um. You know, I, he, Frank Quietly is definitely an artist, artist, and he puts a lot of work into it. I just, I, I, kind of the same thing with Cassidy, you know, compared to, like, New X-Men and, um, mm-hmm. and All-Star Superman. I feel like there's, there is, there is I feel like there's something, like, missing. With Frank Quietly, a lot less, like. Yeah. Dude. But it, it, I don't know if it's, like, one of those things, and I don't want to say that he's skimping, but it's, like, because it was taking a year. Like, if this took a year, like, there are artists that
1: this took a year and there's no nudity what
0: <laughs> where are their boobs it, but it's like there there could be there could have, with with the fact that this took a year I, I get that he's you know he's a very consummate artist and there's a lot of little details that you know as I'm flipping through it again that like you notice but I feel like there could have been even more work put into the artwork is there absolutely enough there or more than enough to tell the, you know to, to convey the story you know, in an exciting and compelling way, yes, but the world almost feels kind of empty on some pages. You know, like it's a bunch of set pieces set up. You know, there's some pages like the scene where like Chloe's racing, you know, to get like you don't see her, but you see like the wind effect on everyone, you know, and that he had to think that whole through. Like, there's detail, yeah. Um, well,
1: that scene where she's like using her powers and she's throwing all the bricks, like, yeah, that's just awesome.
0: Like that, like when she's punching like the, the giant whatever molecule, you know, cube thing that he makes. Like there's some great deal, but of course they're fighting next to a very indiscriminate brown wall, you know. Like, yeah. okay, okay, the cubicle, uh, the cubicle farm, you know, I get it. But like this particular area is just like, you know, there's n- there's no knit and grit around them. So I'm just saying, I'm saying if if this was on a monthly basis, I'd probably be more forgiving. But because this was on a year, annual basis... I feel like that for all the, the he gets touted for like putting a lot of you know effort into his work there's there's just sort of I guess they are arbitrary details but it just feels like the world is just kind of this big movie set that's kind of been propped up for the main action where there is a lot of details like when the freaking train is like running over all those dudes oh, so that, that, that so was cool you know I guess it's my complaint It's not it's not a huge complaint it's just like the the main focus is highly rendered, and that's great. You know, I guess that's what's most important. But it feels like, given again, given the time frame that it's taken to get this issue out, mm-hmm. I'd expect a little bit more than just indiscriminate brown building as the background. It's kind of it's kind of a nitpick. It it really is a nitpick. I, I, but you know, I, I'm someone that, like I said, I'm a big fan of Frank Quietly, and I guess I was just hoping for even more. But maybe I'm being selfish. If I'm being selfish, listeners, tell me. No, Nick was I, expecting I too
1: much out of out of everyone else.
0: Apparently, maybe I say this as having next to no artistic skill, you know. Like this guy should have added more detail, and you know, if he had asked me to draw it, did I ever tell the, my friend quietly story on the show? No. Okay. So I was at Boston Comic Con. Frank Quietly was gonna be there and like I said I'm a huge Frank Quietly fan <laughs> despite some of the complaints I was just making about the book yeah that's a little um, odd yeah I know I don't know I guess I guess you you kind of rubbed off on me with the whole like anger frustration pessimism thing I, anyway
1: it's cause I want more anyway. <laughs> I want more out of, out of Frank Quietly and um, life
0: I yeah that's. Something. anyway I was at Boston Comic Con and um, Frank Quietly was gonna be there um, it it i I mean i planned on meeting him like i I wanted to meet him uh i the only book i brought was actually a friend of mine's copy of all-star superman and that's another funny story
1: were you were you wearing like a a trench coat with like the you know the collar popped up and a hat so john Cassidy wouldn't see you there meeting somebody else
0: (laughs) yes it's exactly like that anyway um so my, my friend and I that were there, like uh, Anna, Anna was there too, and she was kind of sitting like in like the main hallway, just kind of resting for a bit because you know conventions can be kind of overwhelming. Um, and we hear a thing over the the, the loudspeaker saying like Frank Quetley is gonna sit down and do his signing now, and we're like oh, so like we like we're not that far from the door, so like we run to the door, and then like like we see like we find Anna, and it turns out that right where we're standing is where the line is forming, so we're like tenth in line. Uh, and this line, like, almost instantaneously stretches from, like, where we're standing all the way down this long hallway, and then the end of it's, like, back where we start. So it was a long freaking line. None of this concerns me, though, because besides the one book I brought for my friend to have signed, um, all I had was my sketch pad. And for whatever reason I had in my head, that despite having, like, 300 people in line, Frank Coddy was going to sketch me, you know, <laughs> something so I get up there and I'm just like I just want to say I'm a big fan um, it's really great to meet you um, you know can you sign this book so my friend my friend Hansel you know gave me the book and I had it signed to Hansel you know from Frank Quitely it turns out that it was actually his brother's book and it was supposed to say to Hank <laughs>
1: um, to Hank so so
0: so uh, whatever <laughs> but um, so I asked Frank Quitely I was like can I have a sketch and he was like, you know, they actually asked me that, you know, not to do any sketches. Um,
1: I was going to ask if he just laughed because, right in your
0: face. You know, because, you know, because of, you know, how many people are there to see him. And I was like, ah, oh, like totally defeated, totally pathetic looking. I was just like, well, can you just sign this piece of paper then? So I just like handed him my sketchbook and was like, can you just sign that corner? So he ends up doing like a really, really quick sketch of Superman and then signing. And when I say quick sketch, I'm talking like, Besides the Jerry Curl, you'd have no idea that this—it's was... <laughs> just—it's just a headshot of, of of Superman with the Jerry Curl. But I mean, it, it like looks nothing like a human being at all. But it's it's a it's an authentic Frank Quitely original signed by him. Um, and and then he got my love forever, except for this issue coming out a year after the previous issue. Hey,
1: you know why are we blaming? Let's just go ahead and bring Mark, blame Mark Millar. I mean
0: well we could you know i don't to be honest that's true i i guess i guess i i i, I want to retract some of my my frustration here i don't really know if it was entirely no, it, it, well, it the, probably
1: was pretty much the art like let's be honest yeah but you know whoa, it's, whoa, what are you doing there
0: uh never mind um yeah, I'm looking at the page now where Chloe kinda unleashes and like all the guys go flying. Like, don't make me wrong, you're probably not gonna see something like that on a monthly comic book. But it's not impossible. So all I'm saying is and this comes more from a point of sort of petty selfishness, like I want Frank Quiley artwork every day of my life. And and I want I want more. That's please please give me more. Uh I don't have that power. David, no I, I okay I guess that get back to my original point. this was a good issue the art was good the writing was good there was oh really you thought it was
1: a good issue because that was not coming through
0: was it not okay let me let me let me change that no' no no, no. It
1: did I, it, it we did get that you were just complaining more about how long it took
0: yeah, I guess that's the thing it was a great fifth issue It just shouldn't have taken a year
1: uh
0: any 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 final words on Jupiter's legacy. You know, I actually came into the show today being like, I don't want to complain. I just want to look at the best in everything and not go on a tangent, and I've done all of the above.
1: See, and it's funny because I came into this like totally frustrated over everything, and I was like, oh, man, I was going to try and be in a good mood. And I'm the one so far who's been like, hey, let's be positive and like things.
0: <laughs> Weird how that flipped. Weird how
1: that flipped. Uh, You know, I don't think I have any other thoughts on it for so right we'll
0: now i uh, will probably won't be bringing this book back up for another two years at the rate we're going so i mean jupiter's legacy uh if Ooh, you've
1: been... do we want to make a bet on when we think the next one's going to come out
0: i'm trying to think i read an interview with miller millar um not that long ago
1: yeah like that I counts know, for jack
0: i know that the prequel comes out sometime i think by april the prequel is supposed to be out and i think he said that the next issue of book two will come out in the fall slash winter like by by december at the latest by december
1: at the latest by
0: december at the latest another 12 latest. whole months oh, just, like... just think of how much like how many life changes we've gone through in the last year
1: well, wikipedia still has it listed as a bi-monthly superhero comic that's so cute <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah jitters um... legacy like, folks um check it out you know, but be patient.
1: Be extremely patient. Um, all right. Well, fine. We won't make a bet on the next one's going to come out.
0: Oh, sorry. The bet. I bet December 2015 for at least the first issue.
1: You know, You're, okay, you're saying December. Out. I'm
0: actually being optimistic. I want to end on an optimistic note.
1: You know, we're gonna go. We're gonna go with uh with prices right rules. So it's whoever's uh closest without going over. Uh, man, which means that I'm kind of screwed if I don't say anything. Twenty sixteen. <laughs> uh, you know, you know. I'm feeling confident enough. I'll, I'll say that we're gonna see issue six. Uh, hold on. It, by September. September. September.
0: Okay.
1: That gives them plenty of time. We'll have to think of what the other person has to do when they lose the bet later. Uh, but for now. You know, Listeners, if you talking. have
0: any idea on what the end result of our bet could be, reach out to us and let us know.
1: Man, you are just self—you are just like trying to get people to email us.
0: I really want. I feel like we're living in a vacuum. <laughs> I want people to reach out to us. Hey,
1: I, you know, people, people listen, people hear us, people care.
0: Besides that, your wife and my girlfriend.
1: Oh, what? Neither of them listen to this show. Are you oh, kidding it's me? So true. It's so true. <laughs> yeah, I was
0: like, I was going on a comic book tangent the other day. And I was like, oh, like, I, I really like, you know, um, you know, you know, I, I like, like she likes listening to me when I go on my tangents about, you know, some comic book character or some storyline. And uh-huh. I'm just like, oh, like, you know, like, you know, we, it was when we, we had not done the podcast in a couple of weeks. And, and I was like, oh, well, like, you should listen to my show. And she's like, well, it's when you do the podcast. You never rant to me about it anymore. And I was <laughs> like, you could listen to my show. <laughs> You'll hear it all the time. And she'll hear David. She loves David. Yeah. yeah yeah she she likes you david oh you're a pal you're you're a good guy all right Before... so, uh do we want to talk about copperhead do we feel like there's enough meat there to discuss i don't feel like i'm i'm not frustrated with copperhead like i am with everything
1: else no no um i mean i feel like we have a lot of a lot of news but we could take a minute so well mostly what i want to say it's the end it you know it kind of feels like the end of the first arc. Yeah, of Copperhead. And I thought they did a really good job wrapping it up. Uh, it had some nice little emotional moments. I thought it was a very solid issue. Really enjoying the art. Uh, the art is so good. And, you know, it, it, it did it did something that's a little typical of of others, you know, other stories. It's it, It's so I'm going to flack on it for not being wholly original in this day and age. Um, but kind of doing that thing where we have the first arc where we introduce the characters and next we're going to move into the really personal arc or like eventually we are because that last shot was some guy looking at a picture of her, you know, Oh, of, Sheriff
0: Bronson. Yeah, yeah,
1: the main character. And that's just something we've seen in, in a lot of stories, I feel like, where, oh, here we are, the end of the episode, the end of the story. And we're gonna to cut to this place that's not there. And hey, who's that guy? We haven't seen him before. Oh, he knows the characters, and he's gonna come after them.
0: Yeah, it's the first five issues was Sheriff Bronson getting her foot in the door on this new kind of backwoods planet, making um, some allies, gaining the respect of her of her of her fellow officer. And well, I don't the, know
1: right. if she has the respect of the deputy yet.
0: I don't well, know. No, but, you know, I mean, they, they've, they've the, a relationship has been built there that, you know, can either continue to grow, grow or be tested. It's kind of at that point now where it's like, yes, he's still kind of, you know, it's clear he's still kind of miffed about being passed up for the position. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it could be either that like, you know, it could continue to it could become a strong bond between them. And, you know, it's just going to be he's just gonna always going to have that kind of chip on his shoulder no matter what or it could literally just kind of devolve into you know uneventual rival you know a straight up rivalry or actual conflict between the two yeah uh, but there was a real sense in the issue that that like the main characters are now all on the board like i don't think we've seen the last of ishmael you know we obviously haven't seen the last of that green alien woman whose name's escaping me that she's now the babysitter of like yeah. it kind of felt like like a lot of ducks more or less got put in a row. And then that sort of ending with this mystery guy in prison, you know, holding a picture of Sheriff Bronson is kind of just being like, "Uh Oh, like here's, you know, here's, you know, so-and-so coming to wreck paradise.
1: Yeah. That's yeah. You know what? Uh, still a better ending than randomly cutting to Galactus. So
0: (laughs) I don't think you can compare Copperhead to squirrel girl
1: though. If, if Copperhead, just suddenly cut to a image of Galactus eating a planet, like I would be a lot more intrigued. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's be honest. Uh, uh,
0: yeah. Oh, you know what? I want to do something different from uh, event updates because there really isn't an event to uh, be and we're, updated on.
1: And we're kind of we're kind of thrown off our schedule, and we're, we're not really into any event right now.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm behind. There, having a bit of a breather.
1: I'm behinding on Batman, I'm behinding, I'm behind on Batman Eternal I, right you're,
0: now. You're doing what to it, David?
1: Uh, I don't know. Continue.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've more or less given up on new, on Future's End and Batman yeah. Eternal.
1: I haven't given up on Eternal yet. I just, I'm still trying to catch up on my purchases from the two or three weeks I was gone. So I can't buy everything at once. I have to buy them in increments.
0: I'll uh, allow you to be the voice for Batman Eternal because I don't think I can be one any longer.
1: All right. When
0: the day um, comes, but uh, what I'd like to do instead of event update is uh, I I pose this question to you earlier today, and I want to have at least you know a you know few minutes you know kind of discuss our point of views on how we would go about do this. Anyway, it's and I haven't thought of a name for this section. So listeners, again, if you have an idea for a name for this section, please voice your opinion. Basically. Um, what the question I posited to David was if Disney came to him and said, make us a Star Wars Marvel crossover, you know, would you choose either the Avengers or the Guardians of the Galaxy? Um, and David, you said.
1: I said Guardians of the Galaxy. And why? Part of the reason is because I feel like the characters within Guardians of the Galaxy would fit or would, would coincide a lot more with the characters of star wars um i also don't really know what story i could craft that would have avengers meeting up with if we're if we're using the main cast with han luke and leia and i would be hesitant to have han luke and leia come to earth i would actually i'm hesitant i would never want to do that I would never want to have a situation where they are on earth and that's, you know, but, but then why would the Avengers be off in space that day? Like why is captain America out there? So you well, have
0: the Avengers have plenty of his, his historical significance um, being out in space. But so this,
1: this would be like really deep space.
0: <laughs> this, yeah, I they've gone deeper than star Wars. Um, even as re, more recently as like the infinity storyline. Um, but you know, can, can uh, keep, Giving,
1: keep giving me your thoughts. Like I, so I feel like the, a character who would really fit really well into it would be Gamora, um, because you know she's a green alien who's been cybernetically enhanced. Like that is something that's very much in line with stuff that happens all the time in in Star Wars. Uh, I I do have the concern that because of the movie, people would be expecting too much comedy out of the situation. Mm-hmm. And Star Wars does have some good comedy in it, but it is not explicitly a comedy story. It is yeah. a space opera. But I feel like you could have The Guardians of the Galaxy be in there, and you'd kind of push some of the ones that are a little more comical into the background, maybe. Yeah. You know, it's also, you know, I don't know because this is a difficult storyline. Like for me, I feel like it would have to be. A, Guardians of the Galaxy gets, you know, pulled inside of a wormhole and end up in a galaxy far, far away a, a long time there. ago. Yeah. yeah. um, yeah. And, you know, they're they're trying to get back, but while they're there, they encounter a Sith Lord or something, and that's how everyone else gets gets mixed up into it. Or a Sith Lord has the key to them getting back. Oh, man, Marvel, contact me. We're <laughs> brewing. We got something going <laughs> here. We got
0: something going. <coughs> Anyways, beautiful, those beautiful. are kind of
1: my preliminary reasons. You said...
0: So I actually went with the Avengers. Not that I wouldn't enjoy seeing Guardians of the Galaxy as well. I think with what you're going with is something that could work more seamlessly with the universe, with between the two universes. I want to see the contrast, and I and I and with the Avengers, I mean, seeing Captain America running an op with like Han Solo, you know, as a wingman or something, or or a conversation between Han Solo and Tony Stark, is is kind of priceless. Um, as far as getting them involved in the story, like I said, the Avengers have plenty of precedent for for taking on galactic concerns. Um, I would I I was kind of mulling around how I'd get them involved, and I had some kind of thing involving the Infinity Gems, like the the space gem, um, kind of shows up and whisks the Avengers away to to the Star Wars galaxy. And I even had this sort of thing like, okay, did it take them to another universe, or did it take them to another part of the part of the universe? Hmm um which you know obviously never has to be officially confirmed you know Mm because in theory they do take place in separate universes but i like that little you know kind of wink wink um as far as which avengers would go i mean i realized like the knee-jerk reaction would be to put the movie avengers in but i'd be okay just putting in you know any avenger no Uh, this is is
1: current day marvel it's got to be black widow and thor for some reason they're getting called to the same mission
0: Okay, fair enough. Well, even if I was, you know, I'd still be okay with the movie cast. Um, uh, I don't really know what the greater conflict is that they would be. There'd definitely be some, like, lightsaber on... Actually, I don't know what's comparable in the Marvel Universe. Um, Mayoneer? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, 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 Mayoneer versus lightsaber fight. That's
1: the only thing I can think of.
0: That actually is... I'm now envisioning a... um, thor versus darth vader fight in my head and it's actually kind of cool um and i think i sent you this image a while back there was like a picture of like dr doom versus darth vader and like i i, I totally said that dr doom would kick darth vader's butt and no you said, way you said darth vader would and i'm still not buying it but still not that's that can be next week's conversation uh ooh, crossover conversations
1: anyway continue the
0: name of thing anyway i picked the avengers because i'd want to see the contrast of of the avengers operating in the star wars universe i i also didn't have any compunctions about or any illusions about bringing like uh, luke han and leia to earth Uh, i did have an idea in my mind where like like the avengers would question them about earth and they'd just be like earth what is that like you're talking about um but yeah so i'd go with avengers so listeners who would you pick avengers or guardians of the galaxy
1: who won today's debate and why was it david
0: and why was it why was it david
1: <laughs> anyway so yeah no it's it's food for thought for sure uh who knows it'll probably never happen except for when it does
0: except for when it does never say never in the comic book industry
1: it's totally true now we do have a ton of news and we're you know we kind of been going on stuff for a bit here but I still want to do a very very quick quiz
0: <sighs>
1: now this one this one's gonna be quick because oh this is something you're not gonna know a ton about so it I'm is trying Star to... Wars it is Star Wars comics uh, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> it's Star Wars comics though don't worry it's even worse okay look what what Just try. Just try. year what year was the first Star Wars comic published
0: 1988. What? When do you think the first movie
1: came out?
0: 1978. Uh, no, it's what, what, 1977. What it? The first comic book came out in 1977. 1977, yes. Damn, why did I think 1988? I Something have came no out no idea. Besides my birth.
1: My birth as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, how many issues did the original run last for? This is the uh, Marvel... Marvel Star Wars comics. How many? Let say.
0: Didn't you turn twenty-five this past year? I turned
1: twenty-six.
0: You're twenty-six too? That's kind thought, of how time I, works. I thought you were like a year younger than me for some reason. No. Why did I think
1: that? I don't know.
0: Time is how many, so strange. How
1: many issues? How many how many
0: issues of Jupiter's
1: legacy have come out since my birth? <laughs> uh one.
0: <laughs>
1: how many In 26
0: years, it's been five issues. It's been (laughs) five (laughs) issues. How you put it like that? (laughs) Come on,
1: Frank Whiteley.
0: Keep it going. Uh, Okay, how many issues
1: in the original run of Marvel Star Wars?
0: Um, 12.
1: A lot more than that. I'll give you one more guess. Uh,
0: 35 even more yeah I'm not giving 75
1: any, no it's
0: 107 there was 107 original issues
1: yeah when they were at Marvel oh and that holy final holy. that final cover is horrendous I'm going to send that to you later alright
0: uh, oh, I, can't, I can't do any oh, investigating yet yeah. next question
1: in what year did Dark Horse conclude publishing Star Wars comics Really? Not in what year? What month? Sorry. In what month last year?
0: December. No. Really? August. They there weren't any more Star Wars comics after August?
1: I'm pretty sure there weren't. Everything I've seen. Maybe it was just Star Wars proper. Maybe I was a little wrong on that. But I don't know.
0: Um did like... you did you have did you uh happen to take advantage of that humble bundle they did right before the end?
1: I didn't know. I did. Uh, okay, anyway. What was the... So there were obviously multiple Star Wars comics. Yeah. Uh, but there was only one series that was called Star Wars. What was the last issue number published by?
0: 18. No.
1: It was 20. Damn it. Oh, and I didn't say what terrible things are going to happen to your family now, as it's inevitable. Uh, they're going to... Uh, be taken to a galaxy far far away and you're going to be turned into a sith lord and uh sicked upon them and they won't know it's you uh until you are mangled and horrible and they take off your mask to reveal your horrifying face and then let you die
0: so i'm i'm darth doom no
1: anyway your last question uh because you know No, I'm not even gonna like try to give you one that you're gonna get. I'm just I'm over that now. What? Uh, How many issues of Ewoks comics were there at Marvel? Six. Fourteen. What?
0: (laughs) Yeah. You you know what I was doing before the show started? What? I watched the the Darth Maul fight from Phantom Menace, and I watched the, the the Anakin Obi Wan fight from. Uh, revenge of the Sith
1: the two best fights of the prequels yeah they're so basically, good
0: basically so good and it, it, and it's funny because you know I I remember how everyone was kind of you know being like oh the prequels suck and like you know they have nothing on the originals and then when I went back and watched the originals recently I was like this stuff is hokey as hell now granted it, yes you can you can blame it on the, you know the time it came out on and I mean it no disrespect you know, but I, I feel if I went back and watched the the episodes one through three, I would say, okay, maybe they upped the cheese factor a little bit, you know, more like maybe they could have learned from four, five, and six, you know, and, and clearly they didn't. But I mean, I would say that if anything, it's just keeping in line with what the original set out, mm-hmm. you know?
1: Yeah. it's you know, you know, know. Phantom Menace
0: hardly set precedence for annoying side characters, aka Jar Jar Banks and the Ewoks. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or even C3PO, who actually I felt was a little too earnest in Star Wars number one. All right. Hey,
1: hey, hey. We're
0: like, he just, like I get that he's earnest and he kind of like, he's the kind of nervous chatterer, but like, at least, you know, I guess it's different when it comes in film than in how it comes across in the comics. So I'm just like, see, he became like the person kind of like explaining to the reader mm-hmm. what was going on. And I was like, you're already annoying. Don't be an info dump. Right. Oh, you
1: know. oh, and that's okay. So I was talking last week about that annoying thing that characters will do, where they talk very obviously about something, just yeah. to inform the readers. There's something and I'm looking it up right now. It's in the first couple pages, uh, where, you know, they're kind of going over what's happening, and C three PO is like, "Yes, of course. I'm just f- thrilled to see us finally." Oh wait, no, it's before that. So they're talking about they're pretending to be the envoys for Jabba the Hutt to get inside this Imperial base. The subterfuge must actually be working. They believe you are truly the envoy from Jabba. I could be doing a C-3PO voice, I guess. But And then he says, when, of course, the real envoy was intercepted days ago by the Rebel fleet. It's like, that, why would you be saying that to these people who very well know that information?
0: Yeah, and and and, and to the reader, like I feel like unless you're dense as bricks, like... It should be pretty obvious to you like, that they're clearly not the envoy that right. the Empire is looking for.
1: Like You you could have had somebody say to C-3PO, or to someone else be like, like, of course they believe you're the envoy, and have them be like, well, it's a good thing we intercepted the other ones, or something like that. Like, it, There's ways to make it more natural.
0: Or li- they literally could have just omitted that caption entirely. They could okay. have literally gone... Oh, thank the maker. I was half expecting they would kill you all on site. Thank the maker. And then three and then you wouldn't you would I mean you wouldn't even need Luke to say three PO shut up.
1: Right. Or yeah. you could
0: have him say shut up and just be like, Yes, of course. I'm just thrilled to see us and also, yes, of course. I'm just thrilled to see us finally operating like a sufficiently lubricated machine. It would seem the tide of war has finally turned in our favor, like, Oh,
1: sufficiently lubricated, oh like, baby. <laughs> like,
0: oh God, see three PO. But it's just even that panel was like Like, um, okay, like hitting, you know, hitting us over the head now, are you? Yeah. Like none of that is stuff that we need to know. We've realized we, we, I I understand that for people that maybe aren't going, you know, that that may have seen the first film, but maybe it's been a while since they've seen it, you know, or don't have it memorized like, like hardcore Star Wars fans. Okay. I understand the need for a little refreshing, but it doesn't have to be that like clubbing on the head. Obvious. Yeah i'm glad we're acting like a team like no see don't be that guy <laughs> well let's I mean, just see 3po man
1: i mean he's just that annoying
0: yeah but like i said the episodes one two and three did not set the president for annoying side characters it's been a star wars staple um and uh, i think it was just interesting watching that fight scene because i was like does everyone forgotten that like Liam neeson was a freaking jedi and like I'm watching, and I'm like, oh my god! Like, why isn't there more Qui Gon stuff out there? Like, he's just such a cool character, and and then nothing.
1: Yeah. Okay. Look, on to the news.
0: Whoa! What I was talking about wasn't news. No.
1: Hey, they're killing Deadpool. Apparently.
0: I thought we were going to talk about the news.
1: Yeah. Right. So uh, April we'll see the release of Deadpool number two fifty, aka issue number forty five. Because apparently, if you add them all up creatively, it counts to 250 issues, and that
0: will be. They're not even trying in this case.
1: No, that will be. Well, it and it makes see. It makes sense for a Deadpool book to be very upfront about it.
0: Yeah. Oh no. It's obviously meant to be tongue in cheek, and if anything, it's they're they're doing it with a wink and a nod towards the death of Wolverine.
1: Yeah, and it will put. So they announced uh, with the writing team of Gary Dugan and Brian Posehn uh, and whoever's doing the art there, uh, Mike Hawthorne, I guess, Scott Koblish, and more. Uh, they Now, they've announced that he's going to be dead, but I wouldn't be surprised if for uh, the May solicits, we see Deadpool number one. Deadpool or reborn. All, yeah, all new Deadpool number one or something like that.
0: I, well, it's interesting that they're going to kill him off. Now, I guess you could say the same thing about Wolverine. It's interesting that they're killing him off right before their big Secret Wars event. Now, Deadpool isn't exactly a a, a main player, you know, so sort of that, that that jumps right into the middle of the, the the Marvel universe, you know, universe expanding events. But it's you know whatever the it just makes me really curious what the end result of secret wars is going to be for certain characters, you know, if it is a reboot, reboot if it's a sort of kind of reboot. Yeah. Um you yeah, know, but... exactly how is this going to impact, you know, the next, you know, 2 to 5 years of Deadpool publishing.
1: Now, we also we didn't talk about the fact that um we have a movie date fully fully announced for the Deadpool movie which is February 12th, 2016. So even if he does die this year, he will be back by February 12th, 2016.
0: You know, it's funny that we still have a year, basically a year to go on Star Wars, The Force Awakens. And we we had a trailer and the movie's been basically done. There's besides maybe a script and a couple casting, there's been like no work done on Deadpool. And and this is going to come out in a year.
1: This is how we get like crappy movies and crappy video games.
0: Yeah. because they're it,
1: they set a release date and even when there's not much going on because then they're gonna have to rush production and they're gonna have to cut corners and yeah. they don't have time to polish dialogue or crappy dialogue will be written and added in and they like they just have to go with it Yep.
0: Yeah.
1: and uh what was i gonna say deadpool's dying but oh because isn't his healing factor been gone for a while
0: no, no, he, he got it back shortly after he lost it. Right. Of interesting, in, interesting wrinkle. And I haven't been reading the book, so I don't know if there's been any change on that front. But they did marry him recently, too, I believe, like a succubus or a vampire or it something.
1: It wasn't recently, it was over a year ago.
0: Oh, okay, about a year ago. Um, and man, time flows weird between comic publishing and real life. Um, right. Um, you know, so there's, you know, he could be dead, but he could become undead pool. Uh, right give me some i
1: can't
0: um
1: so apparently uh, his wedding was april 9th 2014 so it was last year
0: okay so yeah deadpool you know deadpool is another character where it's like i don't hate him i don't like love him it, there's been a few um like with uncanny x-force where like i've I've enjoyed his participation in the storyline mm-hmm. but i don't actively seek out deadpool books
1: yeah yeah, I I hear he's not what he once was, and I I still want to read the full Joe Kelly run. I've read a couple issues. Uh, now he's just a lot of like oh reference internet meme reference internet meme.
0: Yeah, he's he and you know and I I've heard really good things about the the current series as well, but mm-hmm. you know I I just like I don't initially get on board with just like straight up joke characters all the time. You mm-hmm. know, and that, well, that's what I liked about him in in Uncanny X-Force was that the joke, if you want to call it that, was that out of all these characters, he was actually the voice of reason many times. That like, through his insanity, he had something, you know, important to say that other characters that should have been the ones thinking it weren't thinking. And I thought that was a really cool approach to the character, Uh, and it developed. I feel like it developed him in a more meaningful way, um, that he actually participated in the story and that he wasn't just there for arbitrary gags.
1: Yeah, no, he can be he can be used well, that is for sure. Uh, what what and I, there's also that great opening page to Uncanny X Force with him and Wolverine, which he you know Wolverine's at the top and he's telling that joke and then it cuts to, um, Deadpool right he's, he's about to hit the bottom of that pool and he f- says the punchline but I don't remember it. Dang
0: it! It's um, it's a it's a joke about sense.
1: Yeah,
0: you didn't have sense. Um, and Wolverine wasn't there it was just Deadpool he was talking to himself
1: wait why do I have it in my head that it was no Wolverine. he
0: was he was recording a message for Archangel hmm hmm like 95% sure but but yeah that that was just a book where I felt um, you know that I, I just I like I, I love humor I like how humor can break up an otherwise dramatic story But I want it to come organically from the story itself, not I just don't like you know, if I want to see a stand up comedian, I'm gonna go see a stand up comedian. If I'm I'm just and if it works for people, like this is obviously just my taste, but um I, I like Deadpool. I like I like him when he's coming organically from the story. Yeah. And everyone who hasn't read Uncanny X Force should read Uncanny X Force because they must
1: yeah oh what's the uh man there's lots of there's some some really good stuff with with uh deadpool all right moving on next news story let's go ahead and talk about how marvel and image ab- apparently dominated the direct market for 2014
0: why did the nickel jump off the building but the dime didn't
1: uh because it had more sense dime had more sense i've had more sense yeah so Anyway, Wall Street Journal released Diamond's Top 10 Best-Selling Individual Issues for 2014. They are... Number one, Amazing Spider-Man, number one. Uh, Second was Walking Dead, number 132. Number three was Rocket Raccoon, number four... uh, Rocket Raccoon, number one. I should be saying the numbers, I guess. Number four was Death of Wolverine, number one. Number five was Death of Wolverine, number four. Number six was Thor, number one. Number seven was Original Sin, number one number eight was Death of Wolverine number two number nine was Death of Wolverine number three and number ten was Superior Spider-Man number 31 so that's uh, that's nine Marvel books up there four of them are or well not four five of them were event books one was stuffed inside of a loot crate uh, and one was the return of Peter Parker so I can't say I'm surprised by any of this. There's no surprise issues.
0: Well, let's just say that and the th- books that I think are most impressive, and this is, I mean, these out of 10 comic books, out of all the comic books that came out, you know, it's still very impressive to have The Walking Dead up there. It's, yeah, it's
1: also important to note that these are issues sold to the publisher's not themselves sold sold to to the the, retailers yeah not not publishers uh yeah sold to the retailers so sold to like the comic shops not sold not not the amounts actually sold within the stores themselves anyway so walking dead
0: you know so that that's great i don't and i know and i don't know the 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 exact specifics i know that a lot of these books including amazing spider-man um, there, there, the the ordering incentives for there's ordering incentives for them. So it's like if you order X number of copies for this, you'll get like this variant or mm-hmm. a discount on this other upcoming book or something like. There's reasons that retailers will go out of their way to order a billion Amazing Spider-Man number one copies, mm-hmm. um, and that's still just like the fruitiest Spider-Man cover ever. If you're looking at the same page, I am. I like, am. I, I... Hey, I'm back.
1: Yeah, that really wasn't a great cover and uh, i like how they have him without the mask as if like oh it's peter parker back in there but i mean it was still peter parker's body
0: yeah <laughs> like it's he's happy he's smiling yeah um what i like is that superior spider-man the last issue was in the top 10 yeah i there. am an unabashed superior spider-man fan uh it's funny that all four issues of death of wolverine are in there all oh, um, that
1: four ninety nine a pop, you suckers.
0: And and as far as best selling, it's based off of individual units sold, not dollar. Or is it based on dollar?
1: Well, it's not based on dollar, but I'm still saying like the fact that it got up there, that's still. Ugh. Wait,
0: wait, which one? Death
1: of Wolverine. All of them oh, were yeah, yeah. five bucks a pop.
0: Yeah. Well, that's one of the things I mean. I think Amazing Spider Number One was five bucks a pop. Um, you know, Rocky Raccoon get, got up there because of Loot Crate. Like yes. That you know. I don't know what the subsequent issues have been as far on Not the as high charge. it took
1: a took a big dive after. Yeah. Not because of like I, not because of the I quality think. of the book. Well, but just because people did not get it for free and something else they paid for.
0: Yeah. Um I think that the what what so again Walking Dead looks great It's up there. Uh, the fact that Thor the the, the 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 new female Thor book is like smack dab in the middle there. That's pretty impressive. You know, simply it's controversial for being, you know, female Thor, but otherwise there really wasn't any other hook or, as far as I could tell, driving incentives. Like, I think Marvel, like, there was a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff in pumping up Amazing Spider-Man. We already know about Rocky Raccoon and Luke Crate. Death of Wolverine is, you know, Death of Wolverine. Uh, the fact that, like, Thor number one is, like, right there, smack in the middle, I think is is kind of impressive. It is It
1: is very cool, but again, that's, that's a book that they... I mean, they, they played it very smart They hyped it up Which
0: it's... Well, they they went through the view So apparently if you want a book to succeed, put it on the
1: view Yeah, apparently But still, like having read that issue It's kind of sad there wasn't something like. Not to say that it was a bad issue, but it's like We got so worked up that there's a female Thor And female Thor was in one page
0: I Aww. have I have read the subsequent Do we know who it is? We don't know who it is yet Okay. Uh, I think you'll find out after issue six. Gotcha. After like the first, um, like first arc. Um, but it's, it is good. Um, it's fun watching uh, female Thor kind of like get her bearing straight. Cause there's, there's this weird thing going on where like, like when she's talking out loud, she's talking in that sort of Shakespearean Asgardian speak. Yeah. Um, but her internal thoughts are all like, man, this is cool. Like, Oh, I've seen Thor do this. Like, that 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 there's there's there's, there's something really like that there's some matter of control that the hammer is exerting over huh that's cool personality i like that um and of course you know thor gets his arm chopped off and and uh and then has
1: it for all of axis
0: well axis took place prior to thor number one that's why
1: no it takes place after nope he doesn't have the hammer
0: yeah, he didn't have. It takes place literally between original sin and Thor number one.
1: Wait, but I thought he was moping on the moon the whole time.
0: He can go back and mope. <sighs> I think they even mentioned in Thor number one that like he'll leave, but he'll come back and just sits by the hammer. Uh,
1: I don't remember that. Anyway, anyway, it's one, like- I mean,
0: it's one of those things where they, you know, it, it, I, I I think that it's just because you know, it's publishing, like, it's not an exact science, so it's literally like, oh, like, Thor number one's coming out first, but then Axis is coming out, but because of the production cycles of both books, we kind of need to come up with a, a reason for why, right? you know, so it's, I, I can accept it, it's okay, so he, you know, Thor's, you know, despite the loss of his hammer, he's still a hero, he's going to respond to a call from the Avengers when it's an Omega-level threat, you know, against his realm but he's still kind of broken up about the fact that he's unworthy.
1: Right, right. Mm-hmm. All right, so Thor number one was on there. Any other thoughts on this list?
0: Uh, nope. I mean, I think it shows the,
1: you know, the payoff mm-hmm. of the cinematic universe uh, that people... Uh, well, I don't know. Because, yes, Marvel has nine of the ten books, but I look at it and I just see, oh, all the Death of Wolverine books are up there. Like, those aren't continual, ongoing books. And I know that doesn't really matter, but, I don't know, for some reason to me it kind of does. It's hard to
0: explain. Well, they're built by Marvel as prestigious books, whether it's the first issue of a new ongoing series after some time away... Yeah. Or, like, uh, you know, uh, The Death of Wolverine. Yeah. like, um, but,
1: all, but all of these books, except for Walking uh, Dead number 132, which seemed to be, like, just another issue, like, all of these had some significance. Yeah. Like, they weren't, like... It's it's not like, uh, you know, Superior Spider-Man number 28 was on there. Yeah. Or anything like that. So... But, but you know, good, good for them. Uh, maybe, you know, other companies you know the list fluctuates year to year but there's definitely think, something to be I, said
0: i think if you scroll down you see um for the graphic novels mm-hmm. um images it's almost entirely image and i think it that's is. a big thing okay yeah walking dead's a top. It's funny. Issue list. Well, it's, it's
1: funny well it's funny because it's it's nine nine marvel individual issues is nine marvel and one uh image this is nine image and one dc for, oh, yeah? What's the DC book? It's uh, Batman Volume 1, Court of Owls.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, you know, so so I think what Image is proving is that, you know, and, and there are certain Image books where, you know, I enjoy reading them month to month, um, but definitely a lot of them I feel like they excel in the, the collected format. That, that mm-hmm. you know, if you want... Image is the kind of company now where, like, if I was trying to get someone into comic books, and they're just like, oh, isn't it just like superman batman spider-man and there's you like, would show them an image years. book yeah. I, would, I would find an image book that i think matches their taste and hand it to them. And be like here you if would you just like that i've got some good uh, accessible superhero books if you want to read that
1: you would just start hitting them with uh saga volume one until it, it's absorbed into their brain
0: right just smack 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 <laughs> um but yeah so you know i, I just want to applaud image um for for really you know continuing to claw at that market share i i mean i don't know you know good for image bad for maybe marvel and it certainly feels like dc is kind of being like oh shit people are forgetting about me oh no no uh, not that they're forgetting about them but you know I, I know that from the business end i say i know i really don't know right. crap people you know but I, I know that um that there's a lot of concern uh behind the scenes at dc on the business end where it's just like like they don't, you know, they're not. Especially the higher, like the corporate higher ups, are not satisfied with DC being seemingly like the number two. If, and especially they don't want DC to be the number three. So it's like,
1: well, the higher what, ups, yeah, absolutely, the higher ups don't want that. I think when you get more on the creator level, like it's not it, there's not that much animosity, but you know they are no, getting oh, pressure. No,
0: absolutely not. And that's what I mean. It's like that. I, I do think that the success with uh, mark doyle as batman editor and like the rec- like the batgirl launch some of the more um uh, off kilter batman books that have come out in the last six months yeah
1: i'm a little surprised that Batgirl number one wasn't on that list now that we talk about it
0: uh, yeah i mean it, it, i don't think it was anywhere near those numbers um yeah, sad but but it's it i think it still made a sizable impact that i at least and this is coming you know through bleeding cool which you know is a rumor site but that quote unquote inside sources are saying that that they're kind of learning from what's the success that the bat books have been having and saying we want that across the line. It's like they they've it finally dawned on them that you know it's okay to have diversity we don't have need to have this weird Jeff Johnsian house style you mm-hmm. know because Jeff Johns is a great writer, but he's the one that knows how to write like Jeff Johns right so when you try to you know when you're trying to impose this this that style across the whole board, you know either through the writing or the art. It just doesn't feel genuine. What Marvel has been succeeding at, even if not every single book succeeds, is that so many of their current output feels
1: unique. Yeah.
0: Whether it's a joke book like Squirrel Girl or the sort of painterly look of, like, Electra or Black Widow with Phil Noto or All-New Captain America or Iron Man or whatever, like, you have some more straightforward books and you have some books that are really just there to almost be art books. Yeah. And I think DC is finally getting that, that they, they can really expand their horizons here. And I think we're going to see will we'll still be existing in the new 52 uh, come June I think DC is working behind the scenes now to create a, a good eclectic group of books
1: yeah well uh, interest of time we're gonna keep we're gonna keep plugging on here arrow picked up for a season four flash mm-hmm. picked up for a mm-hmm. season two these are these are things that we saw coming but probably the coolest announcement that came out of their little press thing uh, was that we are adding another superhero to this universe coming in the form of an animated series on CW's online platform the CW seed which is whatever uh and it will be about Vixen a rather obscure character uh in DC's catalog but
0: she hasn't had much of a presence in the new 52 but she was on the Justice League I think
1: she was on the Justice League at one from, point
0: uh, Brad Meltzer's um Justice League run. Apparently she was going to be there for Justice League Detroit. Uh, I think that the anime series actually takes place in Detroit. Yeah. But anyway.
1: Anyway, we have yeah, it's it's going to be set in that universe and you're gonna have both uh the flash and uh, the arrow appear in it. In fact they've you know they've said that it's it's a show that's gonna have importance uh like that's and that within that show is where um, I keep—I just almost called them Stephen Amell where Oliver is going to learn that uh, Felicity and Barry kissed which like is a thing now that doesn't really have any importance but it's kind of weird that it was never addressed When did and they kiss? They kissed in the episode of The Flash when Felicity was on there Oh
0: yeah, I didn't think that would be a big deal uh, but it's I, CW, I thought there was so a... they were they... I'm I not thought... saying it wasn't a big deal but I can see the CW kind of playing it up because that kind of into that
1: thing. I thought that it would have come up by now in some form. Yeah. And I mean they've been a
0: little busy like getting killed and stuff.
1: Right. Uh but it's wow, spoiler alert, but it's super cool that we have this character who you know is a black woman and she's now getting she's she is the third superhero in this universe. And I'm hoping that it'll be popular enough that they get a live action actress to play her and have her pop up in both arrow and flash i think that'd be pretty cool
0: it is you know vixen definitely is one of those characters that you expected to be like oh when we expand this universe like you're thinking oh they're introducing firestorm here and the atom here and you're like oh vixen but all right this is just this you know this is out of left field enough it's like that it shouldn't be out of left field it's like vixen who's that that's that was my old pomeranian that i had
1: right anyway uh yeah, because I thought, you know, if they were going to go Black Superhero, they would have gone Cyborg or something like that. The Cyborg would be really hard to do on TV. So this is a good way to go. Yeah. I think I actually, I'm I'm a big fan. I'm excited to see what's going to happen. Remember, okay. the Justice League.
0: By 2019, we're going to have a Cyborg film.
1: Oh, uh, you know, also by 2019, we're going to have uh, issue six of Jupiter's Legacy. <laughs>
0: we we think
1: let's fingers crossed we're not making promises here
0: we think um yeah it's interesting especially with like I think the Flash show being as successful as it is it'll be interesting trying to reconcile it I don't find it it's not impossible for me to do um but the fact that there will be a film Flash as well um yeah I'll be curious
1: maybe it won't be Barry Allen
0: maybe maybe not I mean definitely they're they're, they're totally taking place in separate universes Mm mm-hmm uh, they could I mean they, they still have the potential to take place in the same universe uh, really? no they've, they've been pretty but, clear but I think they, they've been clear yeah that it's, it's separate
1: though city. they could there's, there's still the chance for crossover because they've not ruled out the idea that TV show could have weird universe stuff
0: be like the old old Justice League comics where like the Justice League and you know, the Justice Society would team up um, through like a, a, a crystal ball
1: exactly I'm down I'm in all right, the last bit of news that we're kind of, kind of have to rush through unfortunately is that Image Expo just happened. Oh man this is something we could have spent so much more time on. Then let's do it.
0: Let's take a pause and maybe come back you know in the next couple of days and we'll have a bigger discussion on it. Do well, like a little mini show
1: okay I'd, I'd be down for that, but uh, real quick is what what are you most excited about from what we've heard?
0: um they, anything that comes you know from Brian Vaughn. Is, is uh is gonna be interesting like you know it, it's it's he's one of those writers where like each of his output has been unique so it's like I never knew that I wanted to read about a series of of newspaper tossing you know 12 year old girls but the fact that Brian uh, Vaughn is writing it I'm like all right that that gets me interested um it actually felt like a fairly uh, tame group of announcements maybe just from my perspective uh, I know that Anna will be very excited for Monstrous which has two of her favorite creators who's on uh, Monstrous? Monstrous was a, a, is a Marjorie oh. Lou and Sana Takeda. They cool. previously worked together on X twenty three. and his favorite Marvel character, so
1: X twenty three.
0: I know that she's all up in that. I liked uh, Chip Zdarsky um, trying to sabotage the stage by announcing his Howard the Duck series. <laughs> um, I
1: missed that. That's awesome.
0: Uh, yeah, so he like comes on stage and he changes the screen to Howard the Duck, and it was like buy my Marvel book, and then and then he's like and then he there's another cover of called Gary the Duck. From, for image that like he's also doing and they're like we're not doing that um so that <laughs> that's he, awesome he announces a book called captara and it's a sci-fi comedy and there's like seems like there's seemingly like no purpose to the book it's just like chip Zdarsky doing whatever chip Zdarsky wants and mm-hmm. um he says the series will include a gay male protagonist i'm pitching it to everyone as gay saga hoping that will help sadarsky so <laughs> said check out gay saga uh, Darwin Cook has a new book coming out called Revengeance. I don't know a lot about it. Um uh, right. but I do like Darwin Cook.
1: Alright, hey now we're, we're we're starting to cover the actual event.
0: Oh we yeah. are. We are. Um So yeah. I'll just
1: say real quick my What are you excited for? After death, absolutely not it's
0: not after oh, death. Yeah, was, yeah. Yeah. yeah, after death. Yeah. What what about the We Stand on Guard? Did you hear about that one?
1: Uh no, what's that one?
0: That's um, Brian Kavan and Steve Scross who did the storyboards for the Matrix films. Okay. Um, uh, basically, it's about uh, Canada being invaded by robot wielding United States.
1: Awesome, I'm in. Uh, we, so yeah, really excited for After Death. And also, real quick, the new Spawn writer is Paul Jenkins.
0: Paul Jenkins.
1: That's you know because we've been covering that. It's kind of a big thing. He wrote uh, Captain America: Theater of War. Uh, what else has he done?
0: Paul Jenkins was big in like from like 2000 to Wolverine:
1: like, The End.
0: Maybe like 2008 or something like that. I, I'm kind of making up a timeline here. He did a lot of work for Marvel. He did. Um, um, he had some well received Spider-Man comics. Um, he's one of those writers where and this is absolutely nothing against paul jenkins i've read some of his work i find it you know completely like it, it's not bad um he's not the kind of writer like you know he's not the kind of writer that i think sparks like intense fervor like some do like so it's funny that like it would like uh, um what's his name todd mcfarlane kind of can and be like an eisner winning writer is you know you know coming on to the book and I don't think anyone thought Paul Jenkins
1: yeah hey yet, he, he wrote it, about Stormwatch you know you love Stormwatch uh,
0: yeah um but it, it's just it's just fine it, and that and you know what? I I don't I know if I'm gonna check out Spawn now that mm. Brian Wood isn't writing it um, oh, but I know he either.
1: <laughs> to be honest here,
0: <laughs> but but if if Paul Jenkins does a good job on it, then like all the power to him. I just thought it was kind of a funny like a oh, Eisner winning writer, and it's like Paul Jenkins.
1: Yeah. yeah, but again,
0: you know what? Do a good job, Paul, and I hope that that everyone responds well.
1: We hope it works out for you. I mean, we won't be there to support you, but we we're really rooting for you over here, reading After Death. mm Hmm all right that is going to do it for us hopefully we'll get the chance in the next couple days to put together a little more talky talk about the image expo uh let's move on now to recommendations oh yeah nick what do you Uh,
0: got all right um so i spent the last couple of days catching up on the latest X-Force book from Marvel written by Simon Spurrier and mostly drawn by Rock Hee Kim, a Korean artist. Um, it's one of those books where it's like I'd enjoy it every time I read an issue, but it like, I would like, like like three or four issues would come out before I'd actually go back to read it again. Um, which is funny because there's a character in the book called Forget-Me-Not. Where his power is literally to be forgotten hmm. So it, it's almost like, like A meta thing where like I forget about this really good book And, and Forgive Me not's an actually really interesting character um, The way he's played in this uh, Series um, uh, I, I, I wrote some notes about this uh, I'll try to uh, paraphrase them But w- one of the things That really makes me enjoy this book Is Simon Spurrier's writing uh, I, I've enjoyed Rocky Kim's art uh, It's a style that I hope to see more of um that he gets more work from marvel or anywhere uh that i would you know the proper channels would lead me to him um but definitely the real success of this book is simon Spurrier, and i think he's a writer that's going to forever be underappreciated but like he is he's he's freaking batshit crazy um (laughs) He, he clearly has a deep affection for the process and power of language. If, I think I've, like, sent you interviews that he's done, and I, I don't think you've ever read them, but, um, like he i love reading his interviews like it sounds like he's probably always drunk like he's this british guy that's constantly drunk or probably on lsd or something and he is just oh, grant great.
1: morrison oh, grant, morrison's he, he
0: can grant morrison even you know he's on to like the let's all hold hands and like kumbaya and like the psychedelic plane of like the superhero gods communing with us through the what you know whatever right like this this is like grant morrison's like prodigal little brother like just like I said batshit crazy but like ingenious Mm -hmm. Um, he's very very good with words that you read them and you're like I don't understand what I just read but it was hilarious (laughs) Um, his, his like when he's doing interviews his answers are long they're thought out and they're manic and you think like he's just spewing nonsense on like an endless roller coaster ride to the peak of crazy town but then he drops like some serious poignant perspective on your ass and you feel like that you, you feel like you're the crazy one for not seeing it. Like I'm reading some of these issues and there's certain characters that he gravitates to like Dr. Nemesis, who's like this kind of constantly bewildered scientist type character where like he just has an, like a love for science and he just like, everything he says is just like a, a smart ass response. Um, and like, he doesn't make sense half the time, but then like, like he'll like interject with just something where just like, huh, like that that's really interesting like I never thought of it that way and X-Force is really good at kind of like setting you up as almost like a straight you know despite some of Simon Spurrier's eccentricities like it kind of feels like a more or less straightforward like you know proactive attack team book Mm -hmm. um but as you get into the later issues and it's going to be ending next month with issue number 15 um um like all of a sudden you realize that all this these things that he's been setting up like he's basically had this plan more or less from the get-go so yeah, it's now in the last few issues that that I, I started catching up on, like he really turns things on its head and really makes you think about the characters that you've been reading about, you know, is like, have you, have you really been rooting for these people? Like, do you, you know, kind of like reframes the actions that they've taken throughout the book and and kind of makes you go like, Whoa, like, like, you know, like these are heroes like cable or Psylocke and you're like, like, they've done some really bad stuff. Um, it's it's just a good book. Uh, there's been some other artists on it like Jorge Molina and uh, Tang, Tang, oh crap, what's his name? Tang Huan, I think is his name. Um, Tan, Tan Um Very. Uh, Jorge Molina was probably the more um, standard style, but but still really good. Um, I think Rocky Kim was definitely the one that sold me on the book artistic wise. Um, his i don't i feel like when you type in like korean artists on google like there's almost like a weird korean house style like i i there's two artists korean artists that work at marvel uh rocky kim and um i'm blanking on the other name but it's like their their styles are distinct but it's almost like oh yeah i can totally pick the korean artist out of the crowd okay um but it's it's good. It looks like it came out of like a video game player's guide. Like this is some. He actually does a lot of storyboard work for Korean films. Um, but it feels like something you'd see out of like a Final Fantasy guide. You know, like he did like as if he did like the character work on them or something. Uh, it's very cinematic. Uh, the characters are, I would say, fairly expressive. Um, there's a scratchiness to it, but it, it works for a book that's about subterfuge, espionage you know, wet works, you know, kill teams and, and all of that. It, the book really is at its core about soldiers and spies and the kind of murky gray quag, you know, moral quagmire that they live in and the kind of people that it takes to live in that, but then also questioning those people. Because at at the end of the day, this is about protecting your your nation, your tribe, you know, your the the, the them versus us, the, the end group and the out group. And it's kind of about like the actions that one takes and the kind of personality it requires to go about that and then kind of being like, is it all worth it? And, you know, I leave it up to the reader to decide. Um With the last issue coming out next month, it's only 15 issues. It's well-drawn. It's well-written. Uh, I think it will grab you. If you're into that kind of stuff, check out X-Force. All right. The latest X-Force. Right, because there's been others. There, there's been, like, 13.
1: Yes, All right, my recommendation for this week is actually going to be book one of Jupiter's Legacy.
0: (laughs) All right, calm down now. All right, recommend me, recommend it to me. Okay,
1: look, now that we've actually hit an end point, what we have here are five really solid issues of an act one of a story. Now it's disappointing if there's not more out there, but we have a good amount to read that will then build up excitement for the future installments.
0: I literally think we'll have flying cars before the next issue.
1: I don't don't think that's true. I mean, <laughs> hoverboards, absolutely. Flying cars, don't be ridiculous. Oh, sorry, sorry. What was I thinking? So, for those who do not know what Jupiter's Legacy is about, and who didn't stop to Google it but still listened to us talk about it for some reason... It is about this world in which, in some time in the forties or fifties, I forget superheroes suddenly appear on the scene, and then, in modern day, you have all of their kids and grandkids, in some cases running around, causing trouble, you know living living like celebrities, like basically like they're Kim Kardashian. Yeah. Uh you know it's not about who they save and what they do it's what sponsors they have what brands they're posing for that's most like who they're dating what you know what they're drinking what clubs they're going to mm-hmm. and there's one of the original superheroes decides that he doesn't want to just you know he doesn't want to save people from buildings he wants to save the world and to do that there has to be political action but their leader is getting in the way and so he gets in cahoots with, with the son of the leader, and you know, stuff kind of goes from there. I don't want to spoil things for people who haven't read it yet, because I do think there is, a despite all of our complaints about delays, there is some really quality stuff in this book, and I'm very excited to see where it goes. And you know, I don't think we're going to be doing this podcast still when the last one comes out, because... I don't plan to live to 150, so I have to recommend it now. (laughs) I can't recommend it by the time that it's over. Uh, Honestly, though, if you like superhero stories, but you kind of want something that's a little different, this is a really great way to go about it. Uh, Millar, you know, I don't love Millar a lot of the times, but I think this is a book where he's absolutely getting it right and the frank quietly art definitely complements it very well this is a team that had a vision on this book and they're they're bringing that together and so go enjoy the first five issues and then join our complaints when we march upon millar world and burn it to the ground wait was that that was that was the plan right that's where we're going with this yeah all right anyway that's gonna wrap up the show for us so, quick, usual recap stuff. If you uh, want to find out more about the show, head over to heckiaccomics.com. Follow us on Twitter at yeah Comics, Send us an email, as Nick has been soliciting this entire time, at heckyacomics at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at DavLuz. Uh, you can find Nick uh, outside of Frank Quietly's house, just waiting to catch a glimpse of him. And hoping that John Cassidy doesn't see him there. Uh, I believe that is everything. Uh, anything else? Anything else we got to say? Is that That's right. That's it. We're good?
0: Nope.
1: All right. Nope. All right. Great. So, as always, if you enjoyed the show, then please tell your friends. And if you hated it, then please tell your enemies. Until next time, goodbye. <laughs> worst episode ever.